0: That's right, everybody. It's time for another edition of Brooklyn Paper Radio Live from the Brooklyn Paper Building in downtown Brooklyn. We call that America's downtown. I am your co-host, Gersh Kuntzman of the New York Daily News, and of course joined by the one and only Vince DiMasselli, editor of The Brooklyn Paper. Now, we're obviously sponsored every week by Dr. Lichter, Atlas Steakhouse, and Brooklyn Spine Center.
1: That's a big news about Atlas Steakhouse. We're going to be
0: doing our show next week from Atlas Steakhouse on Coney Island Avenue. We're going to be talking a lot about that. We'll talk about that. Later on the show, we're going to be talking to Dean Haspiel, who's here promoting... I don't even want to tell you. He's a comic book legend. legendary. (laughs) Who has got a new line of comic books in which Brooklyn is going to secede. And I've been calling for this for generations. Mm -hmm. So we're glad to have Dean. Dean's going to stick around while we talk a little bit about politics. I know, Vinny, you want to get to that whole Texas attorney general getting indicted the other day. That was it? But first I say to you... I wanted to talk about the Panama Papers. Like I always say to you, Vince, you're a handsome man. How was your weekend?
1: Oh, great weekend, gosh. So I was up there in Saratoga, New York, for the New York Press Association.
0: And you walked off with an armload of awards. We Am had right?
1: two awards for honorable mention. And as you know, I don't like to mention honorable mentions. Not worth mentioning. Yeah, so, But our, our, our sister publications, uh, The uh, Villager and uh, Gay City News, big winners. Big winners out there. So big shout-out to... Uh, Our pals, Paul Schindler and uh, Lincoln Anderson, doing a great job.
0: I give a shout out. I love Gay City News and The Villager as well. I hope you're not uh, uh, saying that those are the same publication
1: none other there are sister publications there's a
0: broad overlap without question okay anyway we got to talk about something that's more important than Dean Haspiel. I got to say it Dean I'm sorry Not possible not possible, not possible. <laughs> Brooklyn has become the center of not just the political universe but the universe
1: without, well it's always been the center of the universe but now everyone's recognizing that fact we've got
0: Bernie was in Brooklyn Hillary was in Brooklyn Ted Cruz was in Brooklyn John Kasich, the also-ran GOP candidate, was in Brooklyn. The only guy who hasn't come to Brooklyn yet is the Donald. Didn't he grow up here? But he, well, maybe. Possibly. More like Queens. Yeah. I don't think the Donald will ever come to Brooklyn. He thinks, oh, it's I don't cl- think he needs to come to Brooklyn. It's not classy. <laughs> but before we do anything, we are lucky enough to have councilman, former councilman David Yasky, who had an op-ed in the Times. I know you saw it, Jimmy. An op-ed in the Times basically trying to rewrite history. So let's get him on the phone. Is that what happened with well, that? Well, we'll talk about it. Uh, let's see. Let's reach out. Don't try to steal this number because
1: it's his private cell phone, This Dean. is a private number. <laughs> Please, some dialing music, Jimmy. No, we already did it. Johnny? I hope this is the right number. I hope so, too. Now it should click over, right? It should. It's not clicking over. Is it click? Did it click over? Oh. Is that David Yasky? Oh, oh
2: hold on.
3: Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> he must be in the bathtub. It's David's butler. <laughs> there he is. David, do you have a mouthful there?
2: That's much better. I'm, uh, uh, I'm on a uh, cell phone, but I'm in a uh,
0: borough taxi. Oh, in a borough taxi, green taxi. Well, David Yasky, the former city councilman and now head of Pace University Law School, it's great to have you on the show. It's Gersh Cuspin, along with, of course, Vince DiMasselli. How are you, Mr. Mister Ma- Mr. Yasky? Uh,
2: doing just great. How are you?
0: Well, look, I'm, I'd like to say I'm feeling great, but I was a little disappointed. You want to know why? I,
2: I'd love to hear why.
0: Well, as you know, David, uh, Brooklyn is the center of the political universe right now, and you, my friend, are at the center of it, writing a very wor- nicely worded op-ed in The Times yesterday about the 1994 crime bill. As you know, Bill Clinton was in Harlem uh, on the same day talking about the uh, success of that bill and also some of its failures. So why don't you update us? You, you wrote this in the Times. Tell us what you were arguing.
2: Well, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about this bill, which is uh, 22 years old now, but um, uh, in throughout the presidential race, some, uh, some Sanders uh, supporters have been knocking Hillary Clinton for her support, her verbal support of the bill, uh, back in 1994. Now, Put aside the fact that um, Bernie Sanders actually voted for the bill. So, uh, why would we uh, put that aside? Put that <laughs> aside. That, that's your strongest case, David. And and Hillary, of course, you know, wasn't uh, in government at the time. She was the first lady, so she neither participated in drafting it nor voted for it. Nonetheless, Sanders people are saying, "Wait, her support for it shows she's not a true progressive." And I guess. I just want to try and correct the record. That bill was, in fact, a very progressive approach to crime policy. It rolled back the mandatory minimum sentences that had put tens of thousands of young men, particularly young men of color, um, in prison for mandatory 5-, 10-, and 20-year sentences. Um, and what, what this bill did was said, uh, it didn't eliminate them completely. Uh, you know, with the, there's political reality, and you can only get so much done in a two-party system. But what it did do was um, exempt first-time offenders from the mandatory minimums. Uh, over that, over the time since that bill, that's been a quarter to a third of people who otherwise would be subject to them. So uh, in addition to that, it funded all sorts of uh, alternative-to-incarceration programs, Drug courts uh, drug treatment for for people with substance abuse issues um, and prevention programs that were aimed at keeping young people uh, away from crime in the first place okay, so, point,
0: point of information mr. councilman though you also please. pointed out you also pointed out in your story that it did help usher in an era of mass incarceration and and help uh, pave the way for some unconstitutional use of stop and frisk
2: so What the bill did do, um, the part of the bill that had the biggest impact uh, was it funded um, local police departments to hire more officers, and uh, in part because of those grants and in part, to be fair, because police departments were headed in that direction anyway, um, uh, you saw a substantial increase in the number of police officers employed. Throughout the, the mid late '90s and into the 2000s, and also a change in how those officers were deployed—much more um, old-fashioned kind of uh, walk the beat enforcement—and and that's um, the stuff now, that the Clintons are trying that, that, to that, trying to yeah, distance themselves that, from. That, that's what the bill said: more officers. Now it's interesting because at the time, you know, that part of the bill was uncontroversial. Um, I, I read the whole congressional record um, debate on the bill uh, before writing this piece just to, you know, kind of refresh my memory. Not a single Democrat um, objected to the policing grants. Not a single Democrat objected to the notion of more police officers. Yeah, who's going to object? Who's going to object to
1: more cops? Why would anyone well, object to that?
2: Some, interestingly, some Republicans did on on fiscal grounds. They said this is a budget buster and we shouldn't be paying for this. But but even that was that was just a handful. Um, it was virtually uncontroversial. Now, um, it, it's absolutely true that when you look at how um, cities have implemented the beefed up policing, you know a lot of cities, including our own went too far in the direction of using stop and frisk um, and also too far in, the, in, the, in terms of prosecuting low-level offenders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These are two different things, and we, we should keep them separate. One what? is the issue of um, how, do, how do police officers interact with citizens when they're out on patrol, this right here, sir. when they're out on patrol. You got to your location um, there, Councilman? I did. Thank goodness. Thank you. Um, and you know, I, I think this is, this has been talked about uh, very extensively. it Has been federal litigation. Um, I, oh my goodness, that mute goes right off. It, there you go. I hope you're expensing this cab ride. Yeah.
1: Is this, is this a green uh, so cab? Or is this is this a dollar it, van? It is.
2: And you know, we could talk about that too. Boy, have these. I took it from the 125th Street um, Metro North Station, which is one of my favorite places. Um, thank you, sir. One of my favorite <laughs> wow. places, of cars? places. Is that a robot driving? car? <laughs> uh, to to use the green taxi. It used to be you get out 125th. Um, if you had to get somewhere, you know, quickly to a meeting or whatever, there was no way to do it. Yeah, now, you get in the subway is what uh, we used to do. green yeah. taxis available. Right. Okay. Right. Anyway. Um, so, the two things that, that really, um, the two issues that we have to now fix are police officers um, relying too heavily on aggressive stop and frisk tactics, number one. Um, and, and I think you've seen that is certainly in New York and in a lot of other cities, you are seeing um, a, a real retrenchment. But of
0: hold on, of hold on. That's the part of the bill that Bill Clinton and by extension, Hillary, because she's talked about it too, are trying to distance themselves from.
2: Wh- wh- I'm sorry. Which part of the bill are you, are you saying? The,
0: the idea that um, we hired all these cops, and then a lot of the in a lot of these local jurisdictions, including New York City, the cops were either badly trained or just over aggressive, resulting no, in th- resulting in the I death of Eric Garner, which the president, the former president, spoke about in Harlem, saying that was so bad he was the architect of that.
2: No, I guess I guess we have to distinguish between bill and what local police departments did around the country now the, the bill said um, here's money to hire more cops provided they're deployed out on the street not cops who are going to be um, you know in the station house but we want officers out in the community I think that is uncontroversial true um the bill, there's nothing in the bill that said stop and frisk there's nothing in the bill that said prosecute low level offenders I'm not trying to say we shouldn't, as historians, understand what happened. Sure. But I am trying to say, when, when you just said he's trying to distance himself from that part of the bill, the bill said, um, if you're a local police department, you want to hire more cops, and you can demonstrate to us that they will be deployed in on-the-beat patrols, not in, not in the station house. Um, we, we'll uh, fund that. Sure, but, so, they did but, so. the,
0: that, but the bill was here, passed. Here's
2: how, you, here's how you know that that's different. Mayor de Blasio and Council Speaker Mosa Mark Vivrino, who are strong opponents of stop-and-frisk, um, they're adding 1,300 more police officers mm-hmm. here in New York. I don't think they would equate more police officers with more stop-and-frisk. They would say um, you can have more police officers on the street and you can police, you can police in a community-friendly way and I think that's what Bill Clinton is saying. I mean, I so I know, so basically,
1: you know, what what you're saying here is w- this plan was kind of like trickle down law enforcement. We're going to give you all this money. We're going to get you, but you guys are going to have to do whatever you got to do once you get it. Yeah. And how you're going to enforce the law? But Gersh, you wrote a column today that basically said that. Wh- what were
2: you? What was your well, point? Well, yeah, I don't know,
0: David. If you read my column, I basically accused you of rewriting history.
2: Oh no, my goodness! Yeah, you accused Jasky of rewriting history. I did. Yeah. Oh my God, I gotta take a look. That's, uh, well, then, I'm surprised it wasn't in uh, your Twitter feed. And I have to say, I, I, uh, I can't, can't agree with that one, I'm sorry to say. I,
0: I also accused you of being very accurate, so that's pretty oh, good, well. right? I just yeah, think when you pass a bill like that in, in the context of we're in a war on drugs, hey, New York City, do whatever you have to do to stop the war on drugs, you're gonna get a lot of bad things happening, like stop and frisks of hundreds of thousands of innocent black men.
2: Yeah, I guess uh, I guess I don't agree with that one. I mean, and, and again, point to you know what are what are Mayor De Blasio and Council Speaker Mark Marito saying about why do they want to hire cops? They would use they're going to use language about keeping communities safe, and they mean it, and that's what police officers do. Fair you enough. know, it, when I was a city council member, Gersh, in, in your area of Brooklyn, and. Um,
0: An excellent city councilman. I
2: represented five large, you know, public housing developments. And you'd go there, and people would continually, even this is 2002 through 2009. So, you know, well after this kind of um, beef up of, of law enforcement, and even after crime had started to and was continuing to drop so dramatically, one of the most common things that I heard at tenant council meetings in public housing developments was, "We need more officers." True. We need officers, in- including, and I, I thought about this really kind of poignantly. You know, after the the um, you know terrible death of kai Gurley, um, it was a very common request from the public housing tenant councils. Um, we need officers who are doing verticals. That's what they call mm-hmm. go, Not just sitting in their car on the street, but in the stairways. Because that's how, that, that's, because that's where crime is. That's where I'm scared if I have to walk down two flights of stairs, I'm nervous something's going to happen to me. And It's all true. Absolutely true. Now, no one, that doesn't mean, no one's, no one wants the officer patrolling those stairwells, doing those verticals, to be walking with his firearm drawn and with his finger on the trigger, which is what led to that death, as as we all saw. Um, but they absolutely want the police officers. So I, I guess I just think it's we shouldn't. I I take I hear your point saying, hey, when you put a lot of police officers out on the street. Um, there's, there's risks in terms of harassment, uh, and even worse. absolutely true. But I guess what I was trying to say in this piece was, um, don't say, uh, undo this crime bill, the 94 94 crime bill, because what you're actually saying, whether you realize it or not, is cut back on all the police enforcement that we've, uh, benefited from over these last, Two decades. Well, I'll, so t- I'll tell you something, first, I'm terribly sorry, but I am going to have to pop off. No, I was going to give
0: you the last word, my friend. I was saying, when you know what, you're David you're Yasky so taking Draw me down. That's fine. Do that. I say to anybody, here's the sound of my voice. Read his column in Sunday's New York Times and then read my column in today's Daily News. David Yasky, look, thank you so look much look for joining us as well. you, you better. Yours. You better, my friend. Anyway, David Yasky, everybody, Councilman, I got to bring in Dean for a second. Dean, you heard that whole argument. Yeah. We can <laughs> hang up on Yasky for a second. Dean, Dean Haspel, one of the greatest cartoonists <laughs> in Brooklyn history, we're going to talk more about his project. But what do you sure. think about what you
3: heard there, Dean? You know, it's really complex. I'm, I'm fairly ignorant on, on a lot of it. I can only go with my gut reactions, is it, and that's how I make my comics, really, because I'm not, you know, academic and I'm not scientific. Go with but, the gut. But with the gut, the gut says uh, if you add, let's say, 1,200 new officers, you have to justify their paychecks. And if they're sitting around doing nothing, and, and if nothing meant actually being... Uh, community friendly which I do appreciate, and I right. do think that's important. you know, remove the guns maybe and be community friendly and be around and help people then I could see the wow. the, the 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 you know justifying those those jobs it- but when they have to go around and look for crime and again i know there there's crime i'm not trying to be like you know uh you know unrealistic uh, like
0: gersh konstman like gersh, like
3: gersh- there's no crime <laughs> there's no crime but i mean if you're looking for crime you'll find it of course and and then things like you know eric garner will happen because you know maybe the more y- Cops, you have uh, the the thinner the training. I don't know. I I can't speak to that. He's part. going with his gut, folks. You that's
1: know, a, that's a gut check.
3: And so I don't know. I I it's very complex. And and I was going back and forth as you guys were talking about which side I leaned towards. And and you know I my my own personal feelings is I'd rather not see as many cops. Uh, and mm. it's not because I'm nefarious and trying to rob somebody on the side or whatever. But uh, and I do start to feel there's a stormtrooper kind of mentality that happens at least in Manhattan and parts of the city. Um, But yeah, I'm not. I uh, I'm probably not the guy to talk to about this. To be
1: honest, I think I think you made some good points there. But. I mean, if you're going to put all these police officers on the street, isn't it ultimately aren't they going to make arrests? I mean, do you? is it saying, yeah. all right, we want the cops there, but we just don't want them to arrest anyone. Oh, no, no, we no, want no. them to say, My, hey, well, do we, we want don't to do we, that. Would you want walk them, away.
3: Do we want them uh, busting them for, for an ounce of pot? No, well, no I don't care. Just,
1: just
0: to be clear about why I was challenging David Yasky, because sure. I think it wasn't clear, is they signed this bill in, this, in the context of the war on drugs. we got to. We have gotta wipe out this scourge, which was invented. Well, that partially, yeah, but partially. Crime, crime rates were crime rates high. were very high. Crime sure. rates were very high. Sure, but here's the issue: if you tell the New York City Police Department, we're in a war, and they're going to basically stop and frisk existed before the war on drugs. It existed, you know, dozens of years ago. Sure, but the way in which they used it was encouraged by that that fear and that and that crime bill, etc. That's why I was going after Yasky's. I'm right. a big opponent of stop and frisk. When it's used unconstitutionally which is you stop someone on the street and say well show me what's in your bag like that that doesn't work for me right and and when they do that to me on the subway fyi nypd i say excuse me officer am i accused of a crime and if he says no i say well then i don't think you have the right to search my bag and i leave the station right so there you go dean listen we got to pay some bills and it does
3: foster some some a lot of racism that happens and and
0: community outrage anyway dean i gotta pay some bills here and then we are going to come back and talk more i have to ask you the toughest question i've ever asked has low back pain kept you on the sidelines of life and unable to do the things that make you active and happy?
3: Uh, yes. It has. <laughs> if, if you're asking me, absolutely. There well, you okay. go. It's, now, a recent, it's a recent issue. I'm turning 49 in May, and suddenly I'm I'm feeling my age. You know, well, they then- say
1: your back is supposed to last till you're about 25, so you, you've done pretty well. Well, let me no. tell you how we're going to help you. Do. Your spine.
0: Non-surgical spinal decompression at Brooklyn Spine Center may get you back in the game. I'll tell you a little bit about it. They got a machine called the DRX-9000. Mm -hmm. It's a spinal decompression device that works for bulging and herniated discs, degenerative disc disease, which is what I have, sciatica, and even failed back surgery. The machine creates a distraction force that actually allows – it's a pumping action, by the way. It allows the body's own nutrients to flow into the affected disc and help revitalize it. So you want to know more, Dean, all you got to do is call the Brooklyn Spine Center at 718. Two three four six two zero seven. 234 6207 Dean you just mentioned me, and you talk to Melinda Keller, she'll set mm-hmm. up a consultation to see if you're a candidate for this type of spinal decompression on oh, the that DRX-9000. Sounds,
3: that sounds great. Well
0: here, I'll give you the number again, 718-234-6207 or of course you can visit the website at brooklynspinecenter.com. Vince? Okay. Are you still on Boniva? I am on Boniva. I'm on
1: Sally Field, and I are on the same pill. That's good. Well, you should have that. You should look into that. Listen, are you looking for a dentist who provides quality care at an affordable price, Dean? You always. Always who of is course. it? Look no further than Dr. Joseph Lichter. Dr. Lichter and his staff perform traditional dental procedures such as teeth cleaning, fillings, root canal therapy, and tooth extractions. But in addition, they offer the latest in restorative and cosmetic dentistry, including implants, porcelain veneers, and crowns, fixed bridges, and more. These are the procedures that can make a broken smile look like new. As you know, Gersh, the the office also offers Invisalign. That's an alternative to metal braces that uses virtually invisible plastic aligners that shift teeth at the place over a period of time. Isn't it time you visit a high-quality, state-of-the-art dentist who keeps dentistry affordable so everyone can benefit? Call Dr. Lichter's office today. At 718 339 7878 to set up an appointment that can improve your quality of life. And now, just so you know, this is the last ad we're going to read in this segment, but this is the big one.
0: If you've listened to no other ad, this is the one because (laughs) it's about Atlas Steakhouse, Dean. And next week, next Mm. Monday at 6 o'clock, live from Atlas Steakhouse on Coney Island Avenue in Kensington, we are going to do Brooklyn Paper Radio Live. We're going to be cutting up a steak. Nice. So let me tell you a little bit about Atlas Steakhouse. First of all, it's a unique dining experience, Vince. Mm -hmm. You choose your steak, and every cut is aged to tender perfection right on site. It's not like they get it from some meat locker somewhere. They got their own meat locker. Then you can order uh, you can order some wine, extensive wine selection, or you can have one of the signature cocktails. I know what you like. I like a Manhattan sometimes. I like a Brooklyn. They Dean, go. what's your favorite cocktail? I, whiskey on the Rocks. Well, they'll make that for you. They'll, they'll make that, that for you. Yeah. It's not a signature cocktail, but they'll no. make it for you. <laughs> they'll have it. You can get a succulent appetizer. Vince likes a shrimp cocktail. I like a cock shrimp tail. What do you like?
3: Oh gosh, I don't do any of that. Uh, I just go right for the meat.
0: Okay, good. There you go. <laughs> Dig in. Okay, so well, as I'm downing my cock shrimp tail, I will enjoy. You can enjoy uh, your cut uh, uh, as it comes out. And then the be- the best part about it is, once that steak comes out, you'll understand why Atlas Steakhouse always offers you a cut above the rest. And now next Monday, that's April eighteenth, they'll also offer you Gershon Vince. At Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue, or visit them on the web at atlassteak.com.
1: Really exciting, Gersh. Next week, the doors open at 4 o'clock, and because of that, and because it's our four months on the show, mm. there'll be $4 beers for everybody. Nice, nice.
0: $4, $4 beers for everybody. Thank Gersh you. and Vince are going to get a steak, and Dean, you can come by and maybe have one Sounds of those whiskeys. So listen.
1: Possibly I, a beer. Who knows? As
0: Whiskey. we were talking about it, Brooklyn has always been the center of the universe, but this week, with the uh, New York primary coming up on Tuesday, April nineteenth, Brooklyn is the center of the political world. And right now, I want to reach out to Max Yeager, who's been covering this. We're gonna do. Can we get in the, in the paper song because we're gonna bring him in? I read the morning paper. I'm reaching out to Max. Max, come on in. So anyway, we're gonna bring in Max Yeager because
1: he's kind of been the linchpin, the point man, if you will, Vince. He's I, been he's been on top of this like uh, like never before. Yeah, I've never Dean's seen him slide work so over. Hard.
0: Dean's going to slide over. Thank you for slamming that door, Max. Dean, You know Dean, by the way. Oh, I sure do. Max was. Yeager. i got to say, Max, I have admired you as a journalist for a long time, but your work this week on the, uh, on the whole... Brooklyn, New York primary. I call it the Brooklyn primary. We
1: call it the Brooklyn primary. That's what it's all about. I mean, this is the primary that's going to define and let, this is this is the one that's going to tell us what's going to happen. Well, it, pretty much. Now,
0: we, we're going to go through some of the things. We know that Hillary's ahead in New York. We know that Donald Trump is ahead in New York. But Max has been spearheading coverage, which includes Hillary was in Sunset Park doing an event. Ted Cruz slammed the $15 minimum wage. Bernie went home. They say you can't go home again. Bernie went home. He went home. Kasich was in Bay Ridge. That's a stunning amount of activity here in Brooklyn. So, Max, let's talk about them one by one. Let's talk about your coverage of Hillary over the last couple of days.
4: All right, where do you want to start?
0: Well, let's start with her insulting gentrification supporting event in Sunset Park, which Dennis Lynch in your own paper covered.
4: Yeah, so this was, this was kind of interesting. Um, right when she took the stage, somebody got up and started yelling at her for defending Wall Street. But one of the most, you know...
1: Uh, more did she have her kicked out and, and ask her to be punched in she the did, face? She
4: did. The woman. Well, she did not ask her to be punched in the face, but the woman was unceremoniously dragged out. Oh! oh. However, uh, she she kind of panned Hillary for picking Industry City, which is this symbol of gentrification for some uh, social justice groups in the area. We actually just found out that this protester is a member of Uprose, which is the uh, environmental go. justice group in Sunset Park. So, you know, she said that that spot was not not really Sunset Park, which is not for sale and claim that she should have gone to Chinatown or gone to the Sunset Park, the park, um, to do her stump.
0: I like that park because they got that pool, that public pool in there. I'm always swimming there. And I, The actual
1: Sunset, Sunset Park proper. When well. the
0: mm-hmm. general election campaign starts, I'll invite Hillary and the, whoever the Republican nominee is to swim with me at Sunset Park. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. Is, so was Hillary making a pro-gentrification statement, or was she just ill-informed about what Industry City is?
4: Well, you know, I don't know. We should we should check with her campaign on that, uh, so I, I don't really want to make too much of a guess. However, it seems like she was probably just ill-informed. That's, that's ill-informed. my speculation. Okay, well,
0: Industry City, as you know, is a place that's got a, a very yuppie food court in there now. The Nets have very. a training center in there. M- Manhattan
4: it's, fashionistas are fleeing the distant borough Sh- to come here. Jacques Torres,
1: chocolate yes. is in yes, there. Yes, yes. No, he's at the army terminal, Gersh. Get it right.
0: Well, it's very close, though. Yeah. It's very close. The point is that area of quote-unquote Sunset Park is booming right now as a result of trends that I like to call gentrification. Mm-hmm. And I'm pro-gentrification. Anybody who listens to Brooklyn Paper Radio knows that I am pro-gentrification. Dean, where are you on gentrification?
3: Absolutely. I escaped from Manhattan 19 years ago to come here.
0: There you go. Okay. <laughs> so, Max, that's Hillary. She insulted some people, but basically she's doing well in New York. Yes. Bernie came home this week he, as you know, he grew up right near James Madison High School. Actually, like across Did the street he from live, it. He lived next door to Woody Allen? No. Woody Allen, <laughs> Woody Allen lived in that uh, house on the, in the Coney Island Cyclone. Yeah, Island he, street.
4: Woody Allen, Larry David, they all hung out. They
0: were the, great was the buddies. Thunderbolt, thunderbolt. Point is, Bernie, Bernie went home to Brooklyn. Give us an overview of what
4: he talked about when he was in uh, Midwood. Well, I was not on the ground in Midwood. I can tell you that he was, uh, he was playing up uh, the diversity that, that he says he's able to, uh, to attract. Really? The, the, Why is he
0: doing so poorly with blacks?
4: Yeah, I said it. He's doing very poorly
0: with blacks. Why?
4: Uh, you know, you'd have to ask him. I think, I think... I'd have to ask him. He'd say he's doing
0: very well with blacks. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, so I didn't mean to put you on the spot. He says he's got diversity the whole bit. Did, Jimmy, do we have that soundbite uh, from, from the Bernie campaign? Because we talked to some people out there. Julianne Cuba and Lauren Gill gave Stay us some soundbites. We got one? Paper, so that's why I don't have a Okay. Here we go. So, oh, there it is. Um, Look at this. Forty years, this
3: man has fought for gay
0: rights. I it's more gay oriented, obviously, but he's been fighting for queer rights. Oh, so so Ford, Bernie likes queer was, rights, you think he likes Donald queer rights there?
2: As well. he was fighting with
4: I'm talking to you, Max. Max? Do I, do I think he likes queer rights? Yes. Uh, yeah, he would be, he'd be crazy not to if he's trying to court <laughs> the, the highly <laughs> progressive youth vote.
0: Well said. Now do you have another sound bite from the same rally there, Jimmy? Let's see what this oh, one Oh, I love
4: the Bay News. Yeah. My sister-in-law, Liz Coyle, used to work for the Bay News. Okay. What's her name? She was uh, Liz, Elizabeth Coyle.
0: Oh, Liz Coyle. I just started That two months yeah, really? ago. But, um, okay, so you live in Chiesa Bay. Can yes. you tell me why uh,
4: Why you're here? Why you're so excited that you shook his hand? Uh, well, because uh, I've been following Bernie... Uh, like well, not, not for so long, but I guess like fall of two thousand fifteen. Can we edit and, uh, this? And I, I was online last night, uh, up until like two two three in the morning. Uh, I was mm. having network problems. And Sleepless I got in Brooklyn. I'm on the edge of my from seat. The Bernie Sanders uh, campaign, and I saw that he was having two rallies today, one right here and one in Greenpoint. Are you going to the one in Green? Uh, well, I don't know. Like, there's probably such a long line in Greenpoint yeah. that I don't know if I'll be able to get on. I'll probably be like these folks, like on the over flow but i signed up for both with the hopes well if i don't get one i'll get the other but i'm so excited to just see him in person uh, he just warms your heart um so max
1: it's clear that bernie was not papering the house girl that, that's abundantly clear <laughs> max do, do you think that bernie warms your heart i mean that woman sounded so giddy like she
0: had met taylor swift or something uh, yeah i mean my personal heart uh, okay fine Fine, but anyway, that, was, was, in, cynical. that was his um, Madison, uh, near, near James Madison High School. Mm-hmm. Paper the house, then he went to, fill the house, then he went to Greenpoint and had a great rally. Okay, next thing. Then t- Ted Cruz is in Brooklyn the other day, and he's slamming the $15 minimum wage, which recently passed in the New York State House. How do you come it's to Brooklyn, Max, and slam... New Yorkers, forget about if you agree or disagree. He could say, did, how do you slam New Yorkers in New York for passing a minimum wage? How do you do that? You,
4: you don't. And his campaign should be figuring out why they did that.
0: Well, you know, hmm. Representative Pete King out on Long Island said, any New Yorker who votes for Ted Cruz should have his head examined, which is what I <laughs> used to say about people who vote for Rep- Representative Ted, Pete King. What was his argument, Max? Well, his uh,
4: argument was that uh, if you increase the minimum wage...
1: Uh, who will, will
4: suffer? Uh, oh, employers, businesses. And I, they, they will replace their, their low... Uh, Low-skilled workers and young people with computers or tablets. I think he said
1: tablets. Tablets.
0: Well, tablets. We, just, we, we just went to Ava Brew. Yeah. And there was a young woman working there, Amy. Nice lady. What mm-hmm. was she using? She was using a tablet. Oh my. So my sense is that maybe she replaced the tablet. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that's a crazy argument. Although a lot of conservatives do make that argument. It's popular. Now, what do you think about that argument, Dean? If you if suddenly the minimum wage goes to fifteen, are you going to lay off all those people working in your comic sweatshop?
3: Uh. uh. Uh, of course not. Listen, do you I, have people in a comic sweatshop? They used to back in the 1940s. With no Will question Eisner. about it. Uh, <laughs> not nowadays. I think we are the wet, uh, the the sweatshop. So you yeah, do your own ink. yeah. You do your own ink. I do everything. I even uh, uh, peanut butter my own sandwiches. I um, bet you're not
0: even making $15. An hour no, no, at the end I'm of the day. not. You're I, not. You do it for love.
3: I was going to say I do it for for uh, I do what I love. Let's put it that way. Seriously,
0: let's let's try to break it down for one second. How much do you make an hour? Gosh. You're one of the most successful comic book artists in America. How much do you make an hour?
3: Not fifteen dollars an hour. There you go, Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> by right. the way, Ted Cruz shouldn't be allowed in New York City, number one. Number, no, no, number no, two. no, no,
0: You can't go that
2: far. Well, a democracy. Ugh.
3: Yes. You can go there and tell us. I that. went there, so I mean I also wrote and drew a comic that uh, about a uh, Brooklyn that succeeds, physically yeah. and literally. We are gonna talk we'll about the second yeah. segment. Yeah.
0: That is the most important topic. But let me ask you this. When Please.
3: I see side to side pictures of Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, yeah. and by the way, Bernie Sanders just Opened a campaign office a block from my studio in Gowanus. So Mm -hmm. you were talking about going swimming in Sunset Park. Maybe uh, Bernie should go swimming uh, in the Superfund uh, Gowanus Canal. We had that guy on. (laughs) Oh, you did, Christopher Swain. Yeah, we had him on. We talked all about it. Yeah, that's great. And
0: never the Swain shall meet.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But whenever I see those two, the the pictures of them side by side, and everyone's like complaining and barking, and and you know it's all campaign stuff. Aren't shouldn't they just run together and just sweep the whole I mean come on or am I am I completely wrong You're saying yeah, and the old
1: thing is that's what they, if you came in second you
3: became vice president maybe it be should, nice maybe to they have should do that I don't side. know I yeah. think that's what should happen No I, you're saying No wait
1: but in that in that case who's your president and who's your vice president
3: Oh uh, I mean as of today I mean I love Bernie but I'd say let Hillary be president and Bernie vice
1: You're just going to give it you over just to Hillary give it to her a little and what's your rationale for that? she's been trying so hard. <laughs> we <laughs> had that happen in my high school this, this this one student there she ran for office like freshman year. Sophomore year, junior, she lost every time, and then it got to senior year, and we were like, finally, like, hey, let's vote her in. So we voted her in, and it was a disaster. Yes, disaster. Oh, the no. voters were right; they knew. Oh no! All right, le- next question. Well, if go-
3: they work with each other, I think that would be the best ca- uh, candidate. Well, That's that, what I mean. that'll
0: happen. But Bernie Sanders is not going to be vice president of these United States. No, if Hillary not. wins, maybe she'll give him Secretary of Labor or basically uh,
3: Parks. <laughs> well, then let me ask you this: Who do you think? Parks. Who do you think Bernie would? pick as vice, and who do you think Hillary would oh, pick you're, as you're vice? You're so getting we're way, we're ahead, of okay. got way ahead of yourself. Way ahead? Max Yeager Way ahead
0: of yourself. Bernie Sanders is going to pick Jake Guevara as vice president. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, listen, Max, get back to this now. Okay. Kasich, John Kasich, the last of the four candidates to appear in Brooklyn was in Bay Ridge. Who'd you have on the ground there? What did Kasich, who's an also-ran, by the way, even though oh, he's yeah. the oh. most oh. moderate. He's the
1: caboose. Give him a chance. He's the
0: most moderate of these crazy right-wingers. He's so right-wing that he appears moderate. It's crazy. What did he do in Bay Ridge?
4: Well, it's not so much what he did as what everyone else did. It was fantastic. So he had Montel Williams, their tabloid TV host Montel Williams, stumping for him. Yeah, Montel. And really? uh, two two people two people got in a fight right at the beginning. Uh, Montel goes on to Twitter and starts claiming that they're actors. So we ask him, Well, what's going on? What did you did you do this? It sounds like something that would be on one of your shows. He said, No, that's more Jerry Springer. Definitely so we room. had we had a literal daytime T V show action happening at K6 Town Hall in Bay Ridge. Where was that in Bay Ridge? Uh, that was at Bayridge Manor. Oh, at the Manor. Uh, that was Bay, Bay Ridge Marty Manor. Golden Bayridge Manor. Yeah, who did not show up, by the way. Marty Golden Ooh. wasn't at Bayridge Manor. He's going for Trump. He's told. Te- he's told our uh, political reporter Julian Cuba that he is going for Trump. He's going for Trump, wait, wait, and hold on. that's the biggest story there. Have you reported that yet? It's. It's going to be in the column. We've now. This is. This is it. Here we're yeah. hearing it first. This
0: is an exclusive. we uh, are hearing uh, it first, Johnny. I want this cut up later. I want to send that out to everybody. Marty Golden endorses Trump. Is he still in the state senate? He is. Yeah. Marty Golden, a Republican leader in the state Senate, is endorsing Trump. And the reason that's important, Max, is because Cruz was in town the other day saying if Trump is the nominee, no, Kasich said this, if Trump is the nominee, the Republicans will lose control of the New York State Senate. And now you got Marty Golden, not to go inside baseball on you, but now you got Marty Golden saying we want Trump.
4: Interesting. Well, he must think he's very safe where he is uh, down in Bay Ridge.
0: i got to tell you something. You are breaking the big one right here on Brooklyn Paper Radio exclusive. Alright, so what did Kasich say though in Bear Ridge?
4: Kasich Kasich played up uh, his bona fides among vets um, said that he was going to do a lot more to help fund the VA, which uh, we know that there's been some questions about the VA in Fort Hamilton. Sure. Uh, they temporarily closed uh, s- a couple dozen beds uh, in a surgical yeah, so center. So that's, yeah.
0: that's what we call that's, a panda bear. Yeah. We
4: call that a panda bear. It's a perennial. Image
0: <laughs> I mean, you come to Brooklyn and you say, "Oh, I'm going to fund the ba- the VA," and then you go to upstate it's New York. Biggest, I'm going to
1: reopen these factories. It's the tallest building in southern Brooklyn, the VA hospital. You could see it for miles. And, and then you go to you go to Westchester and you talk about crime. You go to it, it, it's panda bear is
0: what I call it. In All Bay right. Ridge, you
1: also. Talk about Fort Hamilton itself and saying how you're going to keep it funded and you need to keep it open. All right, right. we got to get out now. Max, last question, and this is the toughest one: the Donald is he coming to Brooklyn?
4: Yes.
0: You think he Look is? That
4: I think he is. Are you breaking news right now? Again, I'm not breaking news. That's speculation, but I think he's coming. Well, he's got to mm-hmm. come to Brooklyn. He's right? got to come. Brooklyn's it's it's the epicenter. He's gonna go. He's gonna he's gonna go down to Brighton Beach or Coney Island. I'm as my guess. There's a lot of supporters
1: down there. Would he show up at the Trump houses in Coney Island? And I mean, say, hey, that's the way to go. I built this. That's uh, the his way to father, go. <laughs> his father built that. Well, I know. No, But he used to clean out the lo- the coins from the laundry. He so, did. Yeah, it's a true story. I here. met
4: a uh, I, I met a former a former USSR uh, resident who moved to Trump Village, and he said he's he's all in for Trump.
1: Yeah, all, those Georgia girls are always on my mind. Um, <laughs> my point that I was going to make yesterday in Coney Island. I know we're trying to get out of this, but yesterday, no, 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 no. no, no. Yesterday in Coney Island. Uh, Uh, Bernie was out there. And who was with him? Uh, Michael Stipe. And Uh, what did he look uh, like? He looked like
4: Karl Marx. Yeah, oh, nice. the biggest beard. He's the got like one ever these, seen.
1: He's got one of these David Letterman beards going. Yeah, he's probably let still go. Yeah. He's
4: still picking Nathan's out of it right now, I tell you.
1: <laughs> well, hold on a second, Dean,
0: you're a Michael Stipe fan, am I right? Uh,
3: he's okay. okay <laughs> he's but, all right.
0: But the point, you yeah. uh, Vince made an, actually a very good point. So Bernie Sanders was out there having hot dogs at Coney Island, which used to be a, a political tradition. You had you could not win an election in the state of New York unless you went to Coney Island and had a Nathan's hot dog. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. Bill Clinton, sorry, Bill Clinton today was in a Prospect Heights, church, uh, sorry, Prospect Lefferts Gardens church. Yesterday he was in a Harlem church. I am sick of these political candidates campaigning almost exclusively in churches. I don't like it. I, I think it's wrong. I remember when I covered the Yasky campaign for Congress. He said, "Oh, you got to follow me on Sunday. I'm going to hit all the churches." No, you go have a hot dog. You go meet with real New Yorkers. Today, Bill Clinton was in Prospect Lefferts Gardens, and Yvette Clark papered the house. She got a bigger round of applause than Bill Clinton did at the church. And why? Because she papered the house. Johnny, you know what I mean. What do you think of that, Max?
1: What do I think? Yet. Don't invite real New Yorkers.
0: Don't oh, invite real New Yorkers.
1: Are you saying that people that go to church aren't real New Yorkers? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I'm saying
0: Yvette Clark, the campaign comes to her yesterday afternoon and says, Hey, Yvette, you got to fill a church for us. Oh, no problem. i got got 100 people I know. But why is what, the church what's gonna, the problem, what's though?
1: Gonna stop, what's going to stop Bernie from filling Nathan's? How hard is that? It's actually really hard. You ever Oh, see come the on. Those hot dogs are
0: delicious. <laughs> it's true. But he, but he doesn't paper the house. Uh, the point, I'm not even talking, he'll have an event at a church, and that'll be papered, too. The point is, real New Yorkers want to be, be able to yell out, like that woman at Uprose mm-hmm. yelling at Hillary, or the other day the guys at Cruz made an appearance in the Bronx, which was the dumbest thing I ever heard. He goes to the Bronx with his like four Republicans seeking votes, and they booed him off the stage. So I'm proud of my Bronx friends. Mm. Dean, Did what do you think?
3: Well, I, I saw a report either this morning or yesterday that Hillary refused to eat uh, cheesecake at Juniors in front of reporters. Well, hold on mm-hmm. now.
1: That <laughs> so in, well, in, her defense, in her defense, a moment on your lips, a lifetime on your hips. Yeah, no, that's part of it.
0: <laughs> and actually, Hillary has a long standing thing where she doesn't eat for, for the media. because no, I get it. I, and, I get and as it. a member of the media, I know we're always trying to get that moment when the food is right. just about oh. to go into the mouth. Very unappealing. All right, we've got to get out. Max. Election is tomorrow. Say the election is tomorrow, even though it's a week from tomorrow. All right. Who do you vote for and who wins? Uh, Vince Maselli. There okay, you go. You're writing in Vince. That's a good idea.
4: <laughs> it's good. And uh, it's going to be Hillary.
0: Hillary in New York and then who in the GOP? Um, in New York? Yeah.
4: <sighs> Man, Trump.
0: But you sound like it's not. it's in doubt. Trump's going to win by 25%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As Pete King said, a New Yorker would have to be out of his mind to vote for Ted Cruz, and I support him on that. Probably the only thing I support, Representative Pete King. On, we got to get out, Max. Thank you. No problem. For coming in, get out of here. Slam the door behind you. Gotta let's play, the, let's play the him out a little music. Play there. him out. Good job, Max.
1: I read
4: the morning. Paper. They
0: just done it again, Gert. Slams the
1: door. He's good. Great job. <laughs> I tell
0: you that Max Yeager, he is coming on. So by the way. If you if you knew uh, Johnny has just our producer Johnny has just handed me you know we're talking about politics and he hands me this note did you see that in Wyoming Bernie won fifty six percent of the vote to Hillary's forty four percent yet Bernie only gets seven delegates and Hillary gets eleven he says is it rigged well you take your Area fifty one crazy conspiracy theories out of here Johnny we'll do the show but he's right (laughs) he's right guys the guy won the won the
1: election and then lost the delegate race anyway we got to get out.
0: Point is, we are joined today.
1: Let's, can we, can we, can we just take a break first? That way we can go straight through? Sure, let's take a break. Let's do that. Why don't you go first? I will. Let's get a little... Let's little, pay some bills and then we'll have yeah. 30 minutes with Dean. That'll be great. I love the music. You go first. I just love it when it picks up, the music starts, and it makes you feel good, and then you think to yourself, when was the last time <laughs> you saw a quality dentist who was truly affordable? If your answer has been, it's too, it's been too long to remember... And it's time to see Dr. Joseph Lichter. You know, it actually has been too long to remember, and, and my teeth are killing me. I know, and you know what? Now's the time to call, it because is. right now, his prices are even more affordable than ever, because listeners of Brooklyn Paper Radio can get special low prices for some of Dr. Lichter's most popular procedures. Remember Invisalign? I t- spoke about it before. Yeah, I don't it, need braces, but I like the idea. Listen, it's virtually invisible. It's Hard. completely different from the braces that you had when you were a kid. I didn't have braces. That's what my teeth are <laughs> so That's what I'm up. saying. Maybe you should consider it. Usually it goes for about 5000 or more at Dr. Joseph Lichter DDS you'll save more than a thousand dollars. We talked about porcelain veneers. They can go for a thousand dollars or more. At Dr. Lichter you'll pay only six hundred and seventy five dollars. These are the numbers Gersh It's hard numbers. If I could do the math I would say that's cheap. Yep. Yeah. And get the bright smile you've always dreamed of because for a limited time Dr. Lichter is offering the zoom teeth whitening procedure for only $395. Dr. Lichter is located at 1420 Avenue P. That stands for periodontal, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it is. Between East 14th and East 15th 15th Streets in Midwood, you can visit them online at josephlichterdds.com. And of course, you can always call the office at 718-339-7878. That's 718-339-7878.
0: Vince, i got to tell you, our guest today, Dean Haspiel, has already confided in us that he has suffered from low back pain that has kept him on the sidelines of life. Oh, yeah. Well, I got, and I told him earlier in the show about spinal decompression that's available from the Brooklyn Spine Center. You call up Dr. Melinda Keller at 718 234 6207, and she's going to tell you about her machine, the DRX 9000. It's a spinal decompression device that creates a distraction force, it's a pumping action that lets the body's own nutrients flow back into the affected disc. And it helps cure bulging and herniated disc, degenerative di- disc disease, sciatica, and even failed back surgery. The pain from that, you go into the DRX 9000 and you are cured. If, if, you're a candidate, you got to call Melinda Keller yeah, at 718. the key. The key it is, is the, the key. key. Well, we're in a primary season. Yep. Call Melinda Keller at 718-234-6207 or visit her on the website at brooklynspinecenter.com and you can find out if you are a candidate for the DRX 9000. Last
1: thing, Brent, Vince, this next ad is the key. No, it is. Tell them all question. about it. Listen, Tell them. Next week, 6 p.m., doors open at 4, you can come. Atlas Steakhouse on Coney Island Avenue. Well, you can
0: always go to Atlas Steakhouse. What is happening next when Monday? When you
1: come next week, you can listen or watch as we do this show live from Atlas Statehouse, Steakhouse at 6 p.m. It's going to be fantastic. There's going to be $4 beers for everyone that shows up. And you know what they say, come for the beer, stay for the steak. Because at Atlas Steakhouse, there is a selection of premium cuts that are aged on site for perfect texture and taste. At Atlas Steakhouse, there is an extensive list <coughs> Of vintage wines at Atlas Steakhouse, there are expertly mixed classic and signature cocktails. Of course, there are signature appetizers guaranteed to stimulate your palate. And at Atlas Steakhouse, your choice cut steak is crafted to a culinary masterpiece just for you. Delightful desserts, each sweeter than the last. Atlas Steakhouse, a completely unique dining experience. It's at nine forty-three Coney Island Avenue. You can find them online at AtlasSteak.com, and you can find us next week live. At Atlas Steakhouse, you just stop by. We're not papering the house.
0: Starting at 4, show starts at 6, beers, steak, Vincent Gersh. All right, listen, I'm glad we paid those bills because we are joined by Dean Haspiel. Now, Dean, hey. you're the author of such great comic classics as Beef with Tomato, Fear My Dear, and all the Brooklyn comics. Yeah. I'm holding Beef with Tomato, and I didn't realize the introduction to Beef with Tomato was written by none other than the great Jonathan Ames, yeah. who is a legend, yes. but compared to you, nothing because you draw. Now, here's the thing, Dean. I want you to just because I don't want to get in the way of this. Just give us the once over, the the, the one sheet, if you will, on your new series where Brooklyn secedes from the union.
3: Well, I've, I've created a, a character called the Red Hook, and he's uh, basically a super thief who often robs from other thieves. Uh, when they're in the process, he jumps in and grabs what they've stolen. to To um, he's kind of like a Robin Hood, except mm-hmm. instead of giving, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. He's stealing from the rich and making himself richer.
0: Well, he steals from the bad guys.
3: Well, that too. So, I mean, or yeah, exactly. From All the right. bad guys. And, you know, I, I'm sure he's had uh, other situations where he's stolen from, from the good. Okay. Which, because he's not a great guy, but he's not evil. And I wanted to start this story off with a guy who's maybe more of a villain than a superhero because he has to become a superhero. That's the arc. He has to here. grow into it. Exactly. And he, uh, on the heels of him robbing from another thief... Uh, Brooklyn physically and literally secedes.
0: All right, now stop right there. Brooklyn is not a character. It's the actual... It's Brooklyn.
3: Brooklyn is a character. Well, yeah, but but it's Brooklyn.
0: It's not some woman right. named Brooklyn. No, it's not the okay.
3: Mr. Brooklyn or Captain okay. Brooklyn or anything like that.
0: So Brooklyn's, by the way, Vince is flipping through Fear, My Dear, and he just came to page uh, 17 there with this. That, that's a hot-looking woman, i, mean, I got to say, mm-hmm. and you really show everything. That's, br- I mean, you really, that's Jane
3: Legit and Billy Dogma in Fear, My you Dear. You
0: really show everything. Anyway, so,
1: oh, wow, they go at it.
3: He, <laughs> he's circumcised. <laughs> yes, he is.
0: Wow. They, she is not faking orgasm. I'll tell you that much. Anyway, okay. so let's get back to Brooklyn. So yes. Brooklyn physically secedes from the union how does it do that
3: well it i what i decided was okay l- l- let me give you a quick little history sure. and i'm sure it'll, it'll be entertaining now vince earlier before you said you were in saratoga new york did you mean saratoga springs new york yes i was okay i've been to saratoga springs 3 times mm-hmm. do you know why
1: because you had some <laughs> of that that water that they have and the, well, the horses G-Yong.
3: you went for the ponies my friend well the horses the water and are you familiar with the place called Yado? Oh,
0: I'm familiar with Yaddo. Okay. I'm a writer, my friend, oh, yeah. and well, they rejected my ass. I oh. sent them the script for Murder at the Food Co-op, oh. coming soon to the Fringe Festival, and they rejected my
3: ass. I'm sorry. It's
0: all right. It's coming soon to the Fringe Festival. Well.
3: <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, so enlighten me. Okay, Yaddo, Y-A-D-D-O, is an artist-writer's uh, retreat slash colony. It's infamous. It's over 100 years old. It's in Saratoga Springs on 400 acres of land with a rose garden uh, that's buttressed right next to the, the horse races. Mm -hmm. And um, they uh, accept very few people uh, to get into their uh, grounds. And they, they offer like a month or two to writers and artists. To do what they do.
0: Yeah, but they do. here's what they do. It's a sex farm. Am I
3: right? <laughs> no.
0: Yaddo's no. not a well, sex
3: farm? I mean, it might be. It wasn't for me. Uh, Jonathan Ames. Jonathan Ames. <laughs> Jonathan Ames actually wrote a novel yeah. called uh, Wake Up, Sir. Wake Up, Sir. And
0: he has so much sex in Yaddo, yes. they have to
3: kick him out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, go on. Go so on. so anyway, I've been there a few times, and uh, this is where the Red Hook was born. Nice. So I'm a, uh, by trade and by lifestyle and career, I'm a cartoonist, write and draw comic books. Mm-hmm. Graphic nobody novels, does it better. And nobody. Thank you. And so um, I knew when I got in as a writer, not an artist. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Gersh. Um, Thanks. You got my slot. <laughs> I got your slot. I knew going in that I wanted to shrug off my uh, comics inklings and what I normally do because I, I was going in to write prose and a screenplay. Sure. So that first night in 2012 of August, uh, I, I wanted to shrug off the comics rigors that I have, you know, always inside me, and I decided to create a uh, new character. Uh, inspired by the works of, uh, are you familiar with Jack Kirby, who co-created the Marvel Universe that everyone's watching and, and cosplaying these days with Stan Lee? So Jack Kirby and another uh, artist named Alex Toth. And they have two very different sensibilities. And I challenged myself in creating a character and, t- and writing a short story called The Red Hook. And it was about a character that obviously lives in Red Hook. And he's, uh, I decided he'd be a thief. And I told this little story. And that first night, I wrote it and I put it to bed. Uh, later oh, on among
0: other things at yeah, yes, if I'm not mistaken
3: <laughs> I don't wear pajamas if that helps that's what um, I'm talking about <laughs> so anyway um I went there three times in a row uh, so far and I b- created a tradition of working on this comic uh, that first night putting it to to bed again, sorry, and then working on writing and, and uh, other things uh, while I was there. So, um, I, so you're going there, you're clearing I'm your head, I'm and clearing my head, and you're right. writing a story though. Yes. You're not, you're not well, actually drawing it. No, well, I'm not necessarily drawing it. I'm drawing it in my mind because when I write a script for a comic, I am thinking about the visuals. Sure, okay. So, like I'm, a storyboard, but I'm cleaning the palette, <laughs> you know, as difference. it were. As it were. Okay, um, but so get,
0: get to the secession so, thing. So
3: anyway, what happened was I came up with this character, then a studio mate of mine came up with a character called the Brooklynite, mm. uh, and then they. We, we were just like, I was in a studio full of other cartoonists, and we were all, you know, popping ideas. And then I, I thought, well, why don't we put some of our characters together in a book anthology, but the background would be Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. That would be the thing that would knit it together. But I thought that, honestly, I thought that had been done before, or even if it hadn't been done before, there are so many New York stories, and New York City alone isn't necessarily the thing that's going to make me yeah. pick it up because, again, I'm a New Yorker. So. No,
1: we do that every week, every time we put out the Brooklyn paper. Right, well, you have I to think, think. about right. what... It's, not a, it's right. not a cartoon. It's not a
3: cartoon, Vince. Well, <laughs> sometimes it is. <laughs> hey, 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 this is our show, my friend. All right, tell us about the so, thing. So anyway, I... Um, Remember a couple of years ago when uh, the American flags were replaced by the white flags on, on the, the Brooklyn oh, yeah, Bridge?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. hipsters surrender.
0: Yes. No, that was the New York Post headline, by the way. For yeah,
3: sure but it not. wasn't It wasn't hipsters. It was German artists. Exactly, apparently. German hipsters. It was still worst, a
1: short burst of genius. The worst kind.
3: Well, it, what it did is it, it caused pause. And I thought to myself, during that week when nobody claimed to what had happened, I thought, did Brooklyn give up? Mm-hmm, and I don't mean like mm-hmm. surrender. I meant it got fed up. Yeah. And I And I thought to myself... You know, And maybe this is cranky old Dean Haspiel turning 49 in May, but I was thinking like, yeah, I'm a little kind of done with uh, the way America operates. In fact, I don't even know if I've Truly visited America because I do live in New York City, which is kind of like its own country. And I started to think about that: what what could Brooklyn be? Its own country? It's certainly big enough to be its own country. And then I thought about the movie *Escape from New York*, where Manhattan is quarantined to be a prison. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that's the future, that's true, my Russell. friend. That, that's not science fiction. That's, <laughs> that, science, <facts. laughs>
3: that's yeah. science fact. Documentary stuff. So I I combined the two ideas of like you know these white flags surrendering, giving up, getting fed up with uh, *Escape from New York*, and I thought, well, what if Brooklyn was sent sentient its heart got broken hmm. and it literally physically seceded and pulled away like and then i thought about how, how far could it pull away would it go out into the middle of the ocean no uh did would it break part of the far rockaways in long island maybe a little bit obviously it has to break through from queens and pull the bridges from manhattan
1: would it move to staten island
3: no 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 no, no. Spoiler,
0: it might, it, spoiler alert <laughs> if brooklyn secedes she lives happily ever after am i right
3: well, she, so far, I mean, that's that's the question that we're having uh, in the series right now is what happens when Brooklyn secedes. Well, one of the things that happens is it create, cre- causes a pandemic of heroes and villains to sprout from its cosmic outrage in certain ways. Um, again, you have to read the comic to yeah, understand what you I'm talking can, about. Now, Where is, is, it it a, is
1: it like a dystopia? Uh, no. Sounds like a utopia. Well, I'll
3: tell you what. That, let, let me also add, like we're talking about two years ago with the white flags and me, you know, talking about an old John Carpenter movie. Then recently in Gowanus, where my studio is, uh, so many artists are, are getting kicked out of their studios because developers are coming in and buying ninety-nine year leases. So eventually, they can do what they want once the uh, canal, the Gowanus Canal, is cleaned up and everything else. And that's been happening all over, and it's been happening since the dawn of time. You exactly. know, artists come in, they make a place cool, uh, they can't afford to keep up with the the rents as they raise, and then people come in and they make it nicer and or whatever. Or, I don't even say nicer, it kind of loses its culture as far as I'm concerned. And we, 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 I mean, like, who was saying before something about Paris? Like, Brooklyn is America's Paris, you know, our food, our art. We have so much cool stuff here, and people are drawn here all the time, but the more... Uh, they develop these places to be too expensive, where are the artists going to go? Because, frankly, we're experimental. We're avant-garde. We're pushing limits and boundaries as artists and cartoonists. Wait, and but does
0: your book solve this problem once Brooklyn
3: it, secedes? Of course not. It's oh. a romantic uh, notion. It's a fantasy. Well, wow.
0: okay. I'll see guys. I'll solve the problem. I'll say Brooklyn does secede, not only from New right. York State but from these United States.
3: Well, somebody mentioned, was it you or something, the of mistake of 98? Me. Yeah, of course it was me. What, was it was somebody? Yeah, uh, actually, actually, it was Miker. What we, was with the mistake about, of '98? Because yeah. I'm, I'm not. Uh, no, you know that. That's when the New
1: York City of, was consolidated. Yeah, originally, right, okay. originally Manhattan was New York City, and Brooklyn was Brooklyn City. Mm. And Brooklyn, And baby, then Queens Brooklyn. and, Queens, and Queens, Borough you know, Hall was, was not
0: Borough Hall. Borough Hall was City, City Hall. Hall. Oh, right. City Hall right. of Brooklyn. That and was the mistake of 98. 1898,
3: well, they brought it all together. And I heard that like the idea of Brooklyn seceding is not a new one.
0: No, 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 no. We're talking about it every 3 weeks on this show. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, but seriously, it's a out. no,
0: but as an artistic idea, Dean, yeah. it's a very good one. So your Brooklyn, but your Brooklyn physically, physically relocates.
3: Where does your Brooklyn go? It go it pulls I, and I thought about this and I worked this out with some studio mates. It probably pulls, honestly, maybe a mile away from where it was. Just a, enough that there's like a moat of water. Moat of you know? water. That's Let what I, I've
0: it. been long saying. Vince was talking to me the other day. He wants to dig the Newtown Creek all the way through to the Potomac Basin and actually put a moat around
1: Brooklyn.
3: I, I, we've, tried, we've been trying to separate from Queens for years. <laughs> yeah, I actually draw a panel where was it was at Eldert. Avenue, 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 where you see, like, uh, it's breaking apart uh, over there. So, yeah, I did think about it, but I didn't get, again, I didn't get too academic or scientific about it because this is more of a heartfelt notion that I've had for years. Uh, You know, I I was born and raised in Manhattan, born in New York Hospital. I'm a native New Yorker. But when I moved to Carroll Gardens 19 years ago, it's kind of where I found my heart,
0: but when you, you know? moved 19 years ago, everyone was like, oh, who's the newbie? Here comes the n-. Oh, my God. Now but, you're the old
3: guy. Yeah. When I walked down the street, uh, you know, old Italian guys would look at me and cough and, and call me yuppie in their cough. Right. And I was like, I, we, you should see my, my bank account. <laughs> you know, there's no way. You know, well, so.
0: I, but you're sing- you're laughing, laughed all the way to the bank. Am I right? Well. You're making so much money off yeah. of these comic books. <laughs> yeah. No? Yeah. So because- those Italian
3: guys were right. I I don't think uh, I don't you could ask most people you know not only where is a comic shop but have you read a comic book and they would say no they well, wouldn't you know a
0: point of information I do go to the um, the one on 5th Avenue between 8th and 9th Street in Park Slope great place I oh Galaxy kid. Galaxy yes I get my kid and I'll tell you we're reading all the classics we're reading Iron Man the awesome. original Superman and uh-huh. we're reading Beef with Tomato by Dean Haskell. Oh, thank you be, G- Dean tell us where the new comic books available where can we get them
3: okay well I'm doing this um, it's it's a new way well it's actually an easier way of getting your comics which is to go online okay and I've heard of this and uh, you can there. there's this, this place called Line Web 2 uh, oh, how do you spell that? I,
0: all I heard was lime in my okay, cocktail. No,
3: line as in drawing the line. So, but really, well, all you need to know is Webtoons. So, W E B T O O N S dot com, uh, and the Red Hook is right up there with a bunch of other free comics. It's free. It's going to run twenty six weeks. Uh, consecutively hmm. uh, every Wednesday the first uh, episode launched last week new episode this Wednesday coming up wait do I have to do I have to pay for it on web 2 no oh, it's, it's free. free
0: no that is wrong you're an artist who goes to Yaddo <laughs> okay. and even though it's a it's a non-stop sex fest you still should be paid for your art
3: <laughs> well don't worry I, I am getting paid or else I couldn't do it to be honest I Webtoon. do a lot of free comics but this one, this, the, the amount of work that goes into this there's no way I could do it for okay. free so, so but,
1: they're, they're paying you for it and then it's like you're like a content licensing. provider yeah, yeah. They're
3: licensing oh. my See? idea. See how that oh, works, good, good, I like that. And See how I did that math there? That was great. <laughs> you didn't
1: really do math. You just, no, I you did just the math did sp- because it's the whole common core. No, what <laughs> you did, you did economics. There you go. You did, you did. <laughs> the fact <laughs> is I figured it
0: out.
3: But right. let me tell you something exciting, guys. What is, what is my, my toolbox? You've got a couple
0: of minutes to plug okay. whatever you want to plug. So
3: part part of this idea is under this uh, umbrella title called New Brooklyn because that's what happens. It becomes a new Brooklyn. So it starts with the Red Hook, my my series, and then it's going to cascade into <laughs> two other series. There's going to be The Brooklyn Knight, co-created and written by the late Seth Kushner. Seth Kushner was one of our studio mates, a great friend of mine. He passed away from cancer last year. Mm. And he uh, wrote the bulk of the story, The Brooklyn Knight, and then co-created and drawn and co-written now by Seamus Bial, who uh, was one of the artists on uh, John Leguizamo's Ghetto Clown graphic novel Mm. that came out recently based on the HBO show. And then the third series is called The Purple Heart. That's uh, co-created by me and writer Vito Del Sante, an artist. Ricardo Venancio, and that will be the third series that comes out, and then if this does well, we have ideas for other characters, and then expanding uh, those uh, original characters into more stories. you're throwing Mm. a
0: lot of names at us. Sorry. One (laughs) name you haven't thrown at us is Jonathan Ames, one of the great sons of Brooklyn. What's he up to, and can you get him on the show?
3: All right, I could probably get him on the show if he comes back to Brooklyn, but right now he's living in Los Angeles, and Uh, he's producing, writing, and show running a, a, a show for stars yeah, called John, John, Blunt Talk.
0: Yeah, yeah. Blunt Talk is a great show with
3: Patrick Stewart. But,
0: but I will say this: Jonathan also Ames, from
3: Brooklyn, by the
1: way, Jonathan
0: yes. Ames. If you can hear the sound of my voice, a Blunt Talk should be produced in Brooklyn with Patrick <laughs> Stewart, a Brooklynite. Yeah. Yep. And you should come on Brooklyn Paper Radio because John. There is no greater fan of Jonathan Ames than the, than the Brooklyn Paper. We have supported uh, all his work, as we have with Dean. Now, Dean, we got to get uh, out. Okay. We got two minutes left, and okay. I want to remind Vince: we're sponsored by Doctor Lichter. Brooklyn Spine Center, and of course, Atlas Steakhouse, That's where, where we'll Jimmy be. and Johnny,
1: Vince and Gersh are going to be next Monday. All right, we are loading up the Nissan Altima. We're driving all the equipment over there. We're going to have microphones, these wacky things that yeah, stand what in is front this, of us. this
0: big thing that makes noise when Keeps I move Keeps the it.
1: sound weird. And and we're going to have $4 beers.
0: Four That's bucks. important, because if you can hear the sound of our voice, come to Atlas Steakhouse on Coney Island Avenue. Four o'clock on Monday, we're going to do the show live. Vince and I are going to be chowing down on a signature aged steak. Mm-hmm. Dean might be there sucking down a whiskey with the, on the rocks, he said.
3: Well, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, just to, to, to respond to, I have a character that's coming up in the Red Hook called the Coney. So uh, you we will talk? be representing. <laughs> I'm not going to say much more than that. We have the Green Point. I have Benson Hurst. All
0: right, we got we to gotta get out, Benson. <laughs> Listen, Dean Haspel, I want to thank you for coming. I hope you'll bring Jonathan Ames the next time. You should yes.
3: have somebody named Blythe Bourne. Look uh, it up. Oh, I like it.
0: I, I, like I want to thank Vince DiMaselli, who is one of the greatest men I have ever met. And I don't say that. No. I don't. Think, there's no reason. I'm not getting paid. In fact, he hasn't paid me for these shows.
1: I've got to put in that invoice.
0: But the point is, I'm Gersh Kunstler of the Daily News. I hope you go online or read my column today that slammed David Yasky, although accurately. And that's Brooklyn Paper Radio live from the Brooklyn Paper building in downtown Brooklyn. Dean Haswell, thank you again. Vince Thanks for having me on, guys. Vince DiMicelli, thank you. And Jimmy and Johnny, always a pleasure.
1: All right, we'll see you next week at Atlas Steakhouse.